You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, the Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games, the war games, and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and I am here with a full Viking crew today. Yeah. Jason, arr, arr. We got Jason, Dan, and one of our faithful listeners and personal relation to one of our podcast hosts, Nate. Hey, welcome, Nate. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Dan's brother. He got me here on nepotism. Yay! <laughs> now, nepotism. Uh, it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> Nate had one of the original gaming podcasts on iTunes when po- when iTunes first picked up podcasting. It was Dice Tower and Roll D6 were like the two podcasts for gaming. Yeah, <laughs> we all know what happened with Dice Tower. That's <laughs> right. There were two or three. And, and then it just, the fame got to be too much. It went to our head. Yeah. I ended up on the streets of Calcutta. It was an ugly scene. We had to quit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the band could not come together on their influences. That's well, right. Yoko to, ono to be broke fair, us apart. To be fair, I didn't know what happened with Dice Tower, but now I do. Yeah. Yeah. They had to take Nate out in order to grow and be what they are today. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, sometimes you can be someone else's muse. <laughs> by not being there <laughs> wait by pause for a second here. it like is this for real were you yeah, on dice tower no uh roll 2d6 was was a competitor to dice tower oh yeah okay it got was it yep. nate and adam yeah, you guys met it. adam at the last gen Con. yeah uh-huh. yeah we had we, we we had a podcast listenership in the hundreds back when there were only two or three gaming podcasts so we had yeah. an entire market of podcast <laughs> listeners, <laughs> I'm so and I'm and uh, I, I'm so glad that the entire market has grown and that your podcast is doing so well and there are other great gaming podcasts. I've never felt like I had to wade back in and do anything else because there's just so much greatness, uh, you know, that you guys are putting out. I don't have to bother. And yet here you are. Well, <laughs> right. it's sort of a strong arm. I'm trying to wedge my way in, become a regular, and then eventually take over. Take over. Word. Take so, over. Yeah. Take over. Uh, you know, you're game. not supposed to reveal your plan oh. too early. Oh, too late. Oh, yeah. I'm monologuing yeah. again. the villains to monologue. <laughs> oh, you got and monologue. this is why the other one failed. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Nate. Uh, you hail from the West Coast right now. And... Um, you're obviously here out on the east recording with us. Uh, we normally get to see you during Gen Con. It's pretty much the only time that we see you. Uh, but you are a founding member of our Guild 9 gaming clan. That is true. I am I am of the nine. I am one of the nine. And of I the happen, nine. Yes, I am of the nine. And I think I'm also the ombudsman <laughs> of the nine. Yes. So. We still have one of those. Oh. And it's Nate. It's Nate. Right. Yeah, if you needed someone to take care of your internecine wars, I'm the one that you're supposed to go to. (laughs) It's very good. That's very handy. Very handy. Uh, Well, let's start off the uh, we'll start the podcast with our normal segment, Geek Week. Uh, Let's start with the brothers, brothers Pomeroy. How did how was your Geek Week today? Who, who's week. who's going have, first? Let's have Dan. Let's have Beauty go before age. Beauty before age. <laughs> That's right. Um, Nate, in his generosity. So Nate, myself, and my two younger sisters were in a rural town in Pennsylvania, big enough to have a Walmart. 
Mm. And we had some time to burn, and we went to the board game aisle of Walmart. And Nate said, do you have Horrified? And I said, no. He's like, this is your Christmas present. So he bought us Horrified, and so we played Horrified in the hotel room. And then we played it last night with one of our other buddies and his wife. And Horrified is a really great game. It's based on, if you don't know, it's based on the old Universal Studios, Horror Monsters, They've got Dracula, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's Bride, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm. uh, Mummy, uh, I'm forgetting, Wolfman. Wolfman. And so it's kind of like Arkham Horror, but way more fun and easier to play and easier to set up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where nice. you're running around the town, picking things up and trying to defeat the monsters before you know the monsters overtake the terror level of the city and everybody gets terrified. So it's super great fun. Lots of replayability because you can do different configures of monsters. You can change the number of monsters that you have to fight against. Um, and so, uh, it was great. And, uh, now I have it thanks to Nathan. So thank you. And he taught me how to play twice. So I, now I could sit down and teach others how to play. Oh, um, so when was this game published? It's pretty new. It is, uh, 2019, I believe. Oh, nice. Okay. And it's Very a, good. it's a, it's one of my favorite co-op games, um, because of its, uh, yeah, because it's easy, it, I want to say it's easy on the eyes. It's a beautiful game. People that are not into quote-unquote gaming recognize Dracula. They right. recognize the Wolfman. They recognize Lon Chaney's Wolfman because the graphics that they use look like the old Universal nice. uh, movies. And so uh, they look just like the movie monsters uh, in the art, and they have little miniatures that, that go along with it. And uh, so kids, so people will sit down and look at it and go, oh, yeah, I know Dracula and Frankenstein and all that stuff. We can do that. You don't have to teach anybody any lore you know, right, in order right. to get started with this. Um, and it's a beautiful game, and it plays pretty well, and it's fairly well balanced. There's a lot of good replayability. Uh, the co-op is good. I, I'm totally into co-ops these days. Uh, so I thought I would share that with him. And it was the only decent game in that Walmart in Dover, <laughs> Pennsylvania. And it happened to turn out to, it was turned out great. Well, Hi-Ho Cherio is a fine game. <laughs> that's the other one that was on the shelf. Yeah. It's the holidays. No tiddlywinks, huh? No, yeah, that's yeah. too bad. Oh, yeah. Dude, I still have like scars in the bottom of my feet from that game. <laughs> Kids leaving little apples all over the floor and the carpet. <laughs> so that's, well, that's my pretty cool. That, that's my Geek Week is Horrified. So so real quickly, was Horrified a Kickstarter that first came out or was it like a just a normally published game? It's put out by Universal Studios as oh, contracted with somebody who's well, the what, publisher is called Ravensburger. Ravensburger and Ravensburger oh, picked yeah, up a license it? for also a Jaws game that's based on the movie Jaws, Ooh. Uh, which is also kind of fun. Um, that one is also a co-op against the shark, of course. Um, and I believe it may have been I I don't remember if it was kickstarted or not. Uh, but it is, you know, under regular publishing since 2019. So when you said Ravensburger, I knew I had heard that name, and like they're like the main puzzle people. I don't uh, know if that's the same company or not. Yeah, they also publish. I I, I also think that they publish Raw and Puerto Rico, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm trying to look up on Board Game Geek right now, and. The internet is failing me, so we just have to pretend like it's impossible to know. Yeah, but they make a great horror game. Nice. So Very if, good. if you played Arkham Horror and went, wow, that was fun, but it had lots of problems, couldn't this be a lot easier and quicker? You're just horrified for you. 
Well, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't run exactly the same way. But it's, no, it doesn't it's run fun. exactly the same way. But you're you're a character running around the city, doing things and defeating monsters. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely in the same ballpark of that that genre of game. I mean, I'm looking at the back of the box right now, and it it looks like a like a mini Arkham Horror, like a simplified Arkham. <laughs> yeah. Horror. Right, it's one that's fun. No, I'm kidding. I like so, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. So Ravensburger is the same puzzle company. They do Scotland Yard. Um, they do Ooh. Disney's Villainous, Dan. Oh, I've got that on my shelf. You do? I've played it with you. That's right, we played um, it. They do the quest for El Dorado and the Golden Temples, which I've mm. seen kind of out there um, before. They're kind of like more, I, I wouldn't say they like They have a Princess Bride game. Yeah. What? Oh, they have a inconceivable Disney, Disney <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Disney Hocus Pocus the game. We should have gotten that for Halloween. Oh man. They sound like a studio that's been really good at working with movie IP holders. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean they got a Minecraft Builders and Biomes game, and I mean wow. stuff like that. So I I would say that these are like more family oriented games. Like they're not too terribly complicated. And kind of, as you said earlier, Nate, the IPs are highly recognizable. Right. You know. I, I always find that there is a, an extra hurdle if you have to if you have to go beyond a known IP. You know, if you're introducing <laughs> a game to people and you say, well, let me tell you about the ancient Dragon Egg Wars of whatever. Yeah. They're not interested. <laughs> but if you can say, do you remember Dracula? They go, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, great, we're fighting Dracula today. And everyone goes, all right, Dracula. You know? <laughs> Can I introduce you to our Lord and Savior Cthulhu? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty good geek week, Dan. I did. Very good. Nate, what about you? Well, I decided to put on the table uh, two different things. One is a game that I played for the first time. It's a party card game called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Okay. It, it is uh, a... a deck distribution game so you're trying to put your cards in the middle of the table you're trying to discard to an empty hand and at the same time you're trying to slap the cards in the middle of the table but not be the person who gets possession of the cards and there are a couple of rules under what you're supposed to do to toss in cards and to slap and so it was kind of fun in that it was a nice easy quick party card game to pick up but it also can leave your knuckles bruised and if you're playing with ladies with long fingernails you end up getting fingernails jammed in your hand and you've so, got to be tough enough for taco cat goat cheese pizza you, right. this is not a game for the faint of heart that's right no pansies allowed no pansies at taco cat goat cheese pizza yeah so that was fun uh so i learned that one and that was one that uh, dan's family introduced me to they pulled it out and we had a great time with it uh the, the, his kids especially love it so if you're looking for a good kid card game where they get to uh you know be silly and slap cards they would love that and Gaming of course cards are ta- real I mean, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've played back in the day. I played many a spoons that got. I was uh, just gonna uh, say spoons. Yeah, yeah man. I was, oh yeah, a dive, girl, dive a girl over dislocated tables. her shoulder playing spoons <laughs> yeah. one time. <laughs> that was pretty pretty awkward. I absolutely remember spoons games like that. You know, I played <laughs> games like that, and people were. I mean, they created enemies, lifelong rifts, and injuries. It's a so we the best part about spoons is when people when someone gets out and then carefully pulls a spoon with no one knowing right yeah. and everyone's just <laughs> flying through the cars gotta get it gotta get it and then finally somebody goes oh my gosh somebody took one 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's when it gets brutal. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, there were people who played it intensely at scout camp, and scouts being jerks would get an identical spoon, and in the moment where everybody yeah. reached, you'd introduce another spoon. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. And let me just say, at scout camp, there's a few throwdowns every now and then, and it could be because of the introduction of a, uh, of a non-certified spoon. An uncertified spoon. I'm guilty of that. I actually <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And chaos. of course, we all realize that Taco Cat spelled backwards is still Taco Cat. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally true. What? Yeah. yeah. Mind blow. Yeah. Boom. Goat so cheese other... doesn't work the same way, though. <laughs> <laughs> the other item I wanted to toss out for my Geek Week is that I, uh, I, I had a real bee in my bonnet and decided to download a couple of shows that I didn't own. And... Uh, Thought I would thought I would get them, and one is Bewitched, a television uh, sitcom from the '60s, uh, <laughs> which is totally weird. But I was like, I really liked Bewitched. I want it, so I went out and found it, and sure enough, you can. It's possible to buy in, in, in buy glorious anything. high def, and you could watch old black and white TV shows in high definition. Now you can really see when they changed out the main character. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> That's right. I, as a matter of fact, I loaded some of them. You know, I ripped them and loaded them onto my um, onto my media server, and uh, they change out the Darrens in there in season yeah. six. And so I did the first five seasons, and then I did the first three episodes of season season six, just so that when I got to that point, I could say, "And now there's a new Darren." And I and I didn't have to do season six, seven, eight, nine. I was like, "All right, we're." I just had to have proof. I'd have proof that there were two Darrens. Um, yeah. So I did that, and I also got Star Trek the Animated Series. The thing that nice. uh, got me to go get that was uh, watching uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, so the television show Star Trek Lower Decks uh, is a cartoon, current cartoon version of Star Trek that's sort of, uh, you know, irreverent comedy, hold a funhouse mirror up to Star Trek sort of show. And they inadvertently put themselves into the Star Trek the Animated Series canon by having uh, aliens that are only ever seen in Star Trek the Animated Series. And they showed a historical photo of Kirk and Spock, which was a cell still frame from the uh, animated, <laughs> from the series. animated so, series. So they are firmly in the canon of Star Trek the Animated yeah. Series, the one with the giant 40-foot-tall Spock. <laughs> And when they met Satan. Yes, and when they, they met Satan. They, met they literally Satan. met Satan, and there was a 40-foot-tall Spock. So. And uh, they, they lost Chekhov, but they got a guy who looked like a giraffe with an arm coming out of his yes, chest. Yes, three arms. Three arms, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So good. A good show. So that was my geek stuff. So I, I got some weird television shows from the past and learned a new game. So I, I had to look. Dick York was replaced by Dick Sargent in season six, as you, as you uh, alluded to, because he was uh, on a set of a movie called Cordura, and apparently he had an accident that was like the result of a stunt or something like that. Entered his back severely, got addicted to painkillers, and ruined his career. Oh, oh poor guy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then I mean, he, we've all done yeah. that, right? <laughs> well, we've all that's... been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, one of the headlines says, York's career never recovered. Oh, that's true. Totally true. Well, it's it's always a bummer when one dick gets substituted for another dick. That is sad. (laughs) Dan! (laughs) This is a family-friendly podcast. I'm talking about Dick Sargent and the other guy. I was waiting... 
Thank you, York. I, I know. He was just waiting for it. Yep. Uh, Jason, how was your Geek Week? So mine kind of pulls, pulls off of that a little bit. Uh, I've actually been uh, pushing through Oroville. Oh, oh nice. Wonderful. And Is I it will still s- going? Uh, they are doing the the next season right now. They're still filming it. I think. Okay, and uh, is the, is the next season last season or are they still? Rolling? You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's the end or not. Okay. Um, but uh, so I think, gosh, I think, how many seasons are there right now? Are there three seasons right now? Or are they doing the third season? They are in the middle of the third. They have third, completed right, yeah. two, and they finished filming most of the third season before the COVID lockdowns. Right. They've returned to finishing their. That's right. Their filming season. Yeah, but I tell you this, I think what I really like about this show is one, um, it's uh it not only is it funny, it's not like nonstop slap you know, it's not like a slapstick funny. It's it's enough serious mixed with just funny, you know, you get that kind of cathartic release because there'll be a little joke here and there that gets you laughing but can get you through. Uh two is I think it hits some really interesting like um philosophical topics. Uh, really, really plays them out and makes you think a little bit deeper about it. In fact, my wife and I have sat and watched an episode and afterwards be like, oh man, that really got me thinking like afterwards. Or like, I'll find the whole next day I've been pondering over. Like for example, the uh, the episode in the first season, uh, Majority Rule, mm-hmm. where they go down to an entire planet that's run off of social, like a social media. Like nice. it's a, a true democracy and everybody has that little like uh, badge on your shirt where you have to, you either get... People can hit the up arrow to like you or the down arrow to dislike you. And if you get a certain number of dislikes, it's considered a crime against humanity and you actually <laughs> go on trial. Wow. Yeah. And the trial is done by thumbs up and thumbs down yeah. uh, from from television show appearances. You go from yeah. television show appearance it, and they... It, total, it totally like is, um, you know, a very um, important topic, especially today with, you know, the advent of or how how Facebook and Twitter and... Just uh, you know, all TikTok and all those things have been used to to kind of push people's opinions and, and talk through things well, and to banter at thing at each other with. Uh, and you get this concept of a uh, mob mentality, and, and we watched that episode. And afterwards, I was thinking a lot about it. And like, man, it's really disturbing to think about how you know you can get. They always say that people are intelligent, or a person is intelligent, but people are stupid, right? You get a bunch yeah. of people together and they get the group think going and the mob mentality and they kind of lose it. And I just like how Orville just touches on a lot of those topics and has enough humor in there to kind of get you through it, but also to enough seriousness to really ponder, oh, what am I doing? What am I thinking about here? Yeah. My favorite so. part about Orville was that, I mean, sometimes we talk about a particular thing as a love letter to blank. And I really think that Orville is a love letter to Star Trek. It's produced by a guy who wishes he was on Star Trek, who wished that there was a show that was pushing, uh, you know, social envelopes and was thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, deep thoughts and was also being entertaining. Uh, you know, Star Trek was an action show, but it also had bits of humor and it had bits of yeah. drama and pathos and all that. And when people saw Orville, they're like, oh, he's going to be making fun of Star Trek, but he really wasn't. No. It was totally mm-hmm. a love letter to Star Trek. That has drama, it has humor, it has pathos, um, it has social commentary, it has insightful philosophy, or or trying to be insightful philosophy, and I really enjoyed it on that level. It's like I didn't get to be in Star Trek. Nobody's making a Star Trek show again. I'm gonna make a Star Trek show, and yeah. that's Orville, and I love that. I would ab- I would absolutely recommend it if you haven't if you thought about it. Um, it is like you you said it perfectly there, Nate. It's it's a love letter to Star Trek. 
um, with modern themes on it too. Yes. I'll tell you this: I went back also this weekend and watched a Star Trek um, season two, episode two, where they go and they meet Apollo. Oh yeah, uh, who mourns for Adonis? It's a classic. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Uh, and oh boy, you know I'm like, yeah, you know, this. Uh, yeah, I guess it has a special place in our hearts. Um, <laughs> And you got Chekhov totally <laughs> scamming on the chick. Yeah. The same chick that Apollo's interested in. The whole thing right. got really weird. We, right. we will talk more about Star Trek It's later a hostile tonight. workplace environment at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, real quick, real quick, Jason. Yeah, go. Uh, Orville was canceled on Fox, but Hulu right. has picked it up as their own series now. So, yep. um, it has plans to continue past season three. Wow. That's Maybe great. they'll pick up Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> Keep holding that breath there, Dan. It could happen. Brown coats forever. Yeah. All right. So sorry, Jason. I thought I'd throw that in there. You lost Jason? Oh dear. Looks like we lost him. That's okay. I'm gonna do my geek week now. While we wait for him to jump back on. Um so I've just been totally, this happens every time an Assassin's Creed game comes out, it consumes my world. I am I am a video game completionist, and there's a lot of things to be completed on that game that gives me, uh, you know, I, I don't, satisfaction, I guess is the word, you know? I feel like the little rat in... Um, in Pavlov's uh, experiments, you know, with nice. uh, Assassin's Creed, I go in and I, I uh, hit the button, I complete the thing, and I get my reward, and I feel good, and I go back and I do more. And they have about a thousand of them in that game. So, uh, I've just been totally engrossed with Vikings, and like I said last week, um, but but I will say this: on Sunday, I took a break from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I sat down with my kids, and I I pseudo forced them because they weren't super into it yet pseudo forced them to play a game of war cry um i oh, had both of yeah. them play each other i saw you post this it brought yeah me great joy. So I, yeah i had them play each other and i kind of played referee and you know like the rule the rules guy and kind of helped them like you know okay this is what you roll this is what you're looking for this is what you're doing um and uh it was a lot of fun uh my 14 year old said it was okay, which means it was great. <laughs> 14-year-old female, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Which, if it's okay with a 14-year-old female, that's five stars. No, That's five ring, stars. Ring yeah, exactly. That's not the one-star Yelp, it's okay. That's a yeah. five-star thing. There's My nothing, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. like watching your teenage daughter throw your favorite hobbies in your face, tell you they're stupid and walk out the door. So you're not, I'm on that side of the pool. Yeah. Um, It's, uh, it's kind of funny because, um, after sir, afterwards, she's like, it's okay. But during the game, she was like, okay, all right. Now I'm going to totally go over there and kill that guy right now. You know, it's like, she was totally into it. So I'm just like, "Mm, okay. And, uh, my son, um, he had a good time too. Poor guy. He chose orcs, which isn't a bad faction. But the two missions that he got had them foot slogging across the board, so half of his army just was not engaged like the whole time. So he just couldn't do what he needed to do, and I lost both. He I played two games with him, but he lost both of them. So the second game was really close, but it was pretty fun. So That's great. It, it was I'm glad good. you had a good time. Yeah, it, it lo- was it was I, fun. I, I saw those minis out, and I saw that post, and it it, it just I I I squeed. I thought, oh man, that's so great. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And so it also led me to do something. Um, I might have done something, guys. Um, <laughs> I went through every faction that is available on Warcry and figured out how it may be possible to collect each one and make a warband from each one. Nice. Cool. Yeah. It cool, will cool, cost cool. thousands of dollars. Oh, well, then it, oh, I thought it was going to be like something we'd be able to do. I'm like, all right. I'm, I, you had me hooked, and you're like, thousands. I'm like, no. It's a great no. game. You've got enough so, pieces. So we're it's a great start game. A Patreon for Justin. Yeah, oh exactly. So, so, for the record, though, I will say this I um, was able to identify that I already had another faction, and that if I got two other models, I could get another faction. So that would bring me up to. Uh, let's see, two chaos, uh, two death, and an order faction. So I would have f- uh, five, no, six total factions. Cool. Which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, because I had a destruction one. So yeah, I'd have six total factions to play with, uh, like within like a week, because I ordered the two little models that were only going to be like fifteen dollars. So. So you're ready good. to run a tournament now using all your own minis. You can. So we did run a tournament at our guild con. Oh, it. that's right. Yeah, um, but I would love to do a bigger one, and I want to try to make sure that the barrier to entry is very low to people to play because we had guys like uh, our buddy Christian, yeah. right, Jason, mm-hmm. who came and played and absolutely loved it. But if I told him, okay, you got to start a war band and paint your minis. <laughs> yeah, no. I think we I'm with Christian. We like, so it's really cool. You get to build them and paint them yourself. And he was like, oh, oh we're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also $1,000 is also a way to sort of, you know, <laughs> lead people away from the hobby. That's well, right. That's right. To be fair, you can get into the game for like 50 bucks. That's, That's very true. There are boxes that are fifty dollars, and um, some of them are even like forty on Amazon. Yeah. So, um, and those are a complete warband. You can pick, yeah. model them up, and and get them going. So that's right. You just want, um, need to want yeah. the part time job. Yep. Yeah. So getting, there's there's some expansions that came out for Warcry. Like they've got like these monsters and mercenaries thing, and so like part of that like total was getting like these kind of big models, like a a couple terror geists. You know, and uh, like uh, some of the gargants and stuff like that that you could play on the board with them as well. So, like, those each, like, each of those cost the equivalent of some of the other warbands, you know. So, it was a whole encompassing thing. Like, I literally went through every model I possibly could get to have a complete complete set. Yeah. And so, it's a it's going to be a labor of love for this one. But I like it. Yeah, it's a long road, but a, but a, a rewarding road. That's right. That is correct. So, uh, yeah, that was my gig week. Jason, we kind of cut off on yours. You, you kind of dropped there in the middle. Yeah, I'm good. We can you were about to... Let's just push through. Okay. All right, Dan. It's geek news time, buddy. Well, Dan decided to let me do the first one of these. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Dan. Whoa. Dan. It's geek news time. And... Dan, say it. This is the meme. This is the Bart Simpson meme. Say it. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna give us a little tune, Dan? News from the gaming universe. Was that a little too loud? And to Nate. No, it's great. It's great. We needed that. We wanted it last week and the week <clears throat> before, but we didn't have yeah. it. So now, yeah. Nate. Yeah. Now you can go. 
<laughs> well, okay. Oz has come Make out. Make sure to live up but, to it. So, all right. So the world of darkness is undergoing yet another shakeup as Paradox Interactive is once again taking direct control of the game line. New books for the fifth edition of Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse will be developed in-house by Paradox and published by Renegade Game Studios. Mm. The first book out of this new arrangement will be a free digital supplement titled Vampire the Masquerade Companion, and it'll be out this December. This is notable because the World of Darkness has moved a publishing company several times over the last, mm-hmm. I don't know, 20-so years that it's been out. And having Paradox Interactive take it up again and uh, be creating new books for 5th edition, or taking it up and creating new books for the 5th edition will give everybody something else to buy with this great <laughs> World of Darkness. So what's also interesting about this is that Renegade Game Studios is publishing this. And they are not an RPG publishing studio. Like, they've done games like um, Paladins of the Kingdom and Raiders of the North Sea and all their expansions. They do, um, what is it, the Ratchet and Clank game or something like that. But they're like like, uh, worker placement board games is normally what they publish. So I think it's interesting that they're kind of expanding out into this uh, partnership with Paradox. You know, they're, it's such a great property, and it's hard to see it change hands like this, but I think um, it, it's just proof that stuff is happening, and there is a market for it. Um, I, I think having it revert from one studio to another, because one studio can farm out work, can subcontract, and this new story is really just about the prime taking a property back from the sub, from the key license holder, right? Right. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, it's probably bad for the sub, the other studio. So it uh, sucks to be them. Other than that, um, you know, I, I, they're pushing out new content and there's a lot of nostalgia for this game. I have a, a good friend of ours, Nick, and, and his brother Banyan bought a complete library of one of the wall, werewolf editions for me for my birthday one year. And it was like an older edition, but it was like the, every book and the whole set. And I have them on my shelf, and I think they're great. And as soon as I want to run a uh, World of Darkness campaign, that's what I'm going to run, because I already own it. But, nice. Or you could you know, buy the new Werewolf the Apocalypse I, I, books from I Paradox could, Interactive. I could buy the new one so if this, I wanted this to. This is a little interesting because, you know, Werewolf the Apocalypse was previously, um, you know, discontinued, and it had a successor, Werewolf the Forsaken, which I think has a new book coming out in 2021. So there's oh, so yeah, it's curious that they're revamping the world of darkness versus the I think I'm just looking at Wikipedia here to be fair you know this looks like they titled the successor was Chronicles of Darkness yeah which is the successor well, line it's been shaken up so we'll just keep an eye on yeah, it and let you know what changes and what comes out and see what sells and what doesn't sell and um, yeah there you go that's that piece of news very good. Um, our next piece of news is about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. They have a beginner box. It's set for release next week. The set includes an 80-page Heroes book with a solo adventure similar to the other beginner's box offerings from Paizo. This is a choose-your-own-adventure-style story to help choose a character class and create a character. 
and streamline rules for character creation, skills, spells, and equipment. There's also a 96-page Game Master's Handbook with an introductory adventure, over 20 pages of monsters, rules for creating your own adventure, and magic items. Finally, the box set includes four pre-generated characters, over 100 character and monster pawns, four rules reference cards, and a complete set of polyhedral dice. The box set will be available in mass market outlets on November 24th at a retail price of only $39.99. I think that sounds like a great value. If you don't have, if you haven't bought into any other fantasy RPG and Pathfinder 2nd Edition interests you, it sounds like they've really packed a lot of value for $40. So from what we've heard, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is kind of like a streamlined... I mean, it's a streamlined version, similar to how 5e was streamlined from 4e, right? Um, yep. Second edition is a little bit more streamlined. It's still got a lot more um, mechanics to crunch. it, than, like 5e does. Yeah, a lot more crunch. Um, but 39.99 with it coming with all of like the maps and uh, characters and uh, you know the pawns, so you can actually play with it on a on a tabletop. Um, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm surprised it kind of took them this long to get one out. I mean, the D&D starter boxes were so wildly successful. I know. They've been out for years now. So, kind of interesting. It's good. It's good. And, you know, um, I rem- we remember we were at the Gen Con when Second Edition came out in Hardbound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all kind of a wait and see type thing. Anytime there's a new... And, and you know, this is it's a Second Edition game. You know, and that's that's a good thing. It's well in multiple editions, but at the same time, will everybody throw second edition in the trash and stay with first edition? That's usually it's there's a wait and see period, and that was the Gen Con vibe for mm-hmm. for Pathfinder two last time we were. It's there. a very curious thing considering that Pathfinder itself was kind of that. It was a well, let's throw fourth edition right. in the trash and stay with three point five. And stay with three point five, right. absolutely. And I tell everybody who asks me what. The difference is between uh, Pathfinder and D&D. I tell them it's the exact same difference between vanilla and vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> they're not identical. They're not identical. But, but they're some so people close can't to the, tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> it's so close to being the same damn thing. Who freaking cares? But people... Is like, this Madagascar vanilla bean or Mexican <laughs> Exactly. Bean? If, you are a, if you are a connoisseur of vanilla bean, it will matter to you. Um, and so most people are. And I guess mm-hmm. I hate the way to... I hate to say it, but, you know, D&D and Pathfinder are the two biggest competing gorillas in the RPG world. And yeah. It's done dumb to pretend like they don't exist because they well, exist that's, and they're great. That's evidenced by Gen Con when D&D has an entire hotel dedicated to it and then some. And Pathfinder has that giant ballroom yes. in the giant conference Huge center that is dedicated ballroom. to it. Yeah, the, yeah. The with like giant, with yeah. like 20-foot long banners coming down from the ceiling. And people yeah. will go to Gen Con just to stay in that ballroom and do the adventure path for that day. I, I have often walked by and been tempted to experience that 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 version of Gen Con. You know, those are the moments when you, you, you walk in there and you just think, I found my people. These are my people. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't left the I'm, room in three days. I'm, I'm home. I'm home. <laughs> That guy just is sleeping against the wall right there. He didn't even get a hotel. 
<laughs> cool. Well, moving along, uh, we've talked about D&D, and Wizards of the Coast is in trouble yet again. They're being sued. Gale Force 9 filed a lawsuit this week against Wizards of the Coast, citing breach of contract. Sound familiar? Yeah. Gale Force 9 is best known for their role-playing accessories since 2017, has held the exclusive license to translate and localize D&D 5e products for other languages. Lawsuits claims that Wizards of the Coast sought to end their licensing deal a year before its expiration. Womp womp. And I'm sure gamers can go online and read all about it because I'm sure there's two sides to this story. Yeah. But um, that some, we won't provide. We won't provide. You, you need you to decide. <laughs> you you decide what, who you're right. for. There's a search and, and engine know. called Google. That's right. right. And you know that the other people on the other side are evil. Evil. And need to be brought down. Yeah. I picked. So I we pick won't side. tell you which side is which. You have you to decide because I picked sides last time. Remember, yeah. I picked sides yeah. with yes, Margaret did. Weiss yes, because I think she's a nice lady, and I don't care what the. She's va- a nice lady. And if I was the judge, I would, you know, just side with her, and we'd be done. But that's okay. The, 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 and Tracy the, Hickman sounds like a voice actor. Exactly, a voice actor. Exactly. So the whole thing, <laughs> but Gale Force Nine. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll just wait and see. And I I hate reporting on these lawsuits. But, you know, there's only one 900-pound gorilla to sue these days, and that clearly is. um... So, you know, it's an interesting thing, though. We had a lawsuit with a breach of contract with some writers. We're having a lawsuit with a breach of contract with some, um, you know, publishers. Yeah. Um, Rewriters, in fact. It's translators. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Translators, yep. That is hard to do, in fact. That is an art form. Well, and uh, and then you have uh, you know, and I, I'm probably lumping things in, which is a uh, you know logical fallacy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, you have Matt Mercer and Critical Role expanding into yep, making their own game, um, sci-fi stuff, and it makes you wonder if there's some things going on at what Wizards at the Coast that's making it a little yeah. bit difficult for business partners and maybe a little difficult difficulty for content creators to work with them yeah well i mean you know our unbiased opinion is that you should go research the evil wizards of the coast and make (laughs) (laughs) where there's smoke there's fire people All right, so we'll, very, we, very good. We don't need to deep dive on that, but I we thought it was interesting that yet another there's yet another spear being thrown at them. All right, so next is I thought would be an interesting news item to talk about different types of games and gamers. Green Ronin Publishing released a new quick start for the Blue Rose Romantic Fantasy RPG. Oh dear. The Blue Rose is inspired by the works of Mercedes Lackey. Diane Duan, Tamara Price, and others pioneering the genre of romantic fantasy and focuses on love, passion, heroism, magic, and nature. This free PDF features a streamlined version of the adventure game engine rules and everything needed to get started in the kingdom of Aldis. The 55-page introductory PDF is available from DriveThruRPG, and it is online at Green Ronin at the Green Ronin online store. Well, I have a gift for my wife for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, so what it means is that we've got the green light to really sit through some yeah. awkward flirtation oh, RPG yeah. sessions. <laughs> Can you imagine a bunch of dudes sitting around the table playing with each other? I think we right, should. We haven't done it. Flirt with you. <laughs> Well, you know, I tried to get a sidekick girlfriend in Star Wars, and the antibodies came after me. Everybody wanted to shoot my girlfriend NPC. They're like, just offer, please. 
Bros before hose, bro. Bros before hose. <laughs> the way that I knew that this was for um, for the ladies, or at least those for you know who were more interested in romantic fantasy, is that the name of the kingdom I thought was Aldi, the grocery store. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the it's for the ladies. Of really the, the kingdom of the Aldi's. The most delicious croissant yes. chocolates ever. Make it's sure a very efficient way to, for me basket. to do my shopping. <laughs> yeah, the quarters in the back. I'm sorry, I was talking over that joke. Your joke was better than mine. Uh, well, interesting question. However, as a group of gamers, are we totally too much? Totally. Are we too macho? Well, first of all, our group probably. Yeah. Yeah, we're too macho. I mean, I, I, don't put we in there. Don't put we. I'm too macho. You're, you're, you're a member of the nine. I'm talking, we're all, you know, this is like, we're in the same kind of, you know, uh, age demographic here. And there's got to be other people that enjoy RPG, but are done with sci-fi and they're done with, with high fantasy and they're done with all the other tropes and they want to go try something out. And I think it's great. And I, I don't know if I could get into it, but uh, I find it fascinating. You know, Dan, this this might just be exactly what we need. <laughs> <laughs> this holiday season. To end the year 2020 on a romantic yes. note. You know, if, if if a bunch of guys can find love in their heart, right? you know, maybe we could fix world together. problems. Heroism, you know. passion. Now, passion. I never, That's the part I, I want to explore. I never <laughs> thought of this as a gift for a spouse, but it could be one of those things where she gets the box and she goes, oh, lingerie again, and she opens it up. <laughs> so, and it's a romantic a role-playing RPG. game. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you That'll really you fire it up. Lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> she opens, opens the boxes. Oh, gosh. Anywho, I'll just not... say that my romantic role playing looks nothing like the works of Mercedes Lackey, <laughs> Diane Dwayne, uh, yeah. Tamara Price. We've all we been just doing romantic role playing. Let's just we, we've just uh, we just got uh, grown upy there. We're having mommy imagine, and daddy can, time. Can you imagine like prepping for this game and you're like, okay, I need I need some. I need some like box art to be able to oh throw up on the screen, and you like find some just romantic novel covers, you know, oh. and you're like, Tristan, a stable boy, was out collecting the hay. There's an entire yeah. website devoted to this called Deviant Art. Just any kind of oh well, yes, yeah. you know, any kind of anime people hugging that you would ever want. Oh, just wow. all happens. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Fantasy I, now. We went to a catacon, which was very, which was at a very different demographic of gamers than I was used to gaming with. They mm-hmm. had, yes. they had, it was just more diverse. Let's just say it was more diverse. Mm-hmm. And um, I could totally see being at a catacon and having somebody set up this game to play. I it. could too at a catacon. At a absolutely. Catacon. And and it wouldn't we, we wouldn't harsh on them. We wouldn't make fun of them. No. It's not a thing. Sure, it's not. Dude, I'd sign uh, for it. There you go. See, because you, you are totally. so in touch with yourself, and I love that. About it would be you, fun, Jay. and it might turn <laughs> into it might turn into what our main topic is about tonight. <laughs> Worst gaming experiences. Good segue, Jay. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> and a catacon. So, um, yeah. We so, all right. Let's get it. Let's get into our main segment, which is worst gaming experiences. We thought it would be fun while we had Nate on the line with us to talk about some of the um, the experiences that we have had where they classify obviously as the worst for us, and we each have got some pretty good ones. Um, 
I mine's mine's not great. I don't want to end on mine. I think we need to end on Dan's. Oh yeah. Okay. Dan, well, right. Because if we don't, it'll end in a rage quit anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so everybody has to get in before he starts. Otherwise, all right. Well, it, I'll, I'll start with so mine because mine's with... kind of benign. Mine, mine's pretty benign in general. <laughs> I will say that I've had very positive gaming experiences at, at, at cons. Now, listen, some of them have been better than others. Like at Gen Con, Jason, you and I, we've had some GMs that weren't prepared, and that was a little rough, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, you and I have played Earth Dawn online, which <laughs> Earth Dawn's a little tough to play in person. And we, and love, we love our friend who loves Earth Dawn. We love yes. him dearly. We, we do. wish he lived in the area. We would play all kinds of games with him. Yes, yes. But... Earthdown's a little tough to play in general, and then to play it online was um, before COVID. You know, was yeah. was even more rough. So, uh, but that doesn't, in terms of my gaming experiences, the one that tops them all actually happened at a Catacon. Um, we were there. We were um, in between RPG sessions, and at Catacon, there's probably like what 800 people that attended. Yeah, that felt about right. Yeah. Yeah, about 800 people. So it's not like um, they had this giant vendor space that you could spend four hours wandering. No. You know, so we needed a filler game because we're kind of in between RPGs and trying to, you know, fill out the schedule. And uh, so it was the afternoon, um, and we said, hey, uh, let's play Cosmic Encounters. This is a great board game. The guy had the first edition. I mean, it was like the original edition that he had brought from home. And um, he's like, yeah, I bring this every year to play it. And this is pr- pretty much every year, like, this is the one place that I get to play this game. So, And now, I mean, side note, I know why now. But, yes. <laughs> let, me jump, let me jump in here real quick. I think the game yeah. you're talking about is Alien Frontiers. Are you sure? Yeah. It's not Cosmic oh, no, Encounters. No, Cosmic Encounters is not a bad game. It's Alien. Because I'm you're looking about the dice at game, the right? page. Oh, yeah. This but is... I'm looking at the page. It looks like Cosmic Encounters. It's like oh, you wait, drop, you drop dice sure. into it's rocket production. Frontiers is what we were playing. Frontiers. Oh, this, you're probably this is right. how not much that many aliens. Like oh, you're right. You're right. Your it memory. was Alien Frontiers. You're right. It was Alien Frontiers. That's how much Justin loved it. He, oh, he gosh. knocked it out oh, of his yeah. memory. Oh, okay, so we played Alien Frontiers. And I'm looking at this now and I'm starting to get upset. So... <laughs> 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 So this is, I, I don't know, there was like six of us playing, right? Mm-hmm. And it it speaks to the level of game that the dude had his kid playing, and the kid would come and play, he'd do his turn, and then he'd walk away <laughs> yes, for true. like 45 minutes <laughs> until that was like, hey, it's your turn, and he'd come back and do something and then walk away again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Boy, okay, so this is the kind of game. This is the kind of game where you do your turn and you have to watch everybody else do their thing and it takes like 45 minutes to get around to you again. Yeah, there's like there's no planning you can do. Yes, because it's no all planning. based on the dice that you roll when your turn starts. Yes. Oh yeah, because oh. you can't you can't be like, okay, well, I'll go here, I'll go here. There's a little bit of it because people can maybe take a square that you need to. Like you would roll a dice and if that matches, then you could put that in a square. Well, if somebody else had put theirs there, then you can't take it, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. right? But it still is totally dependent upon the dice that you roll at the moment. So as time is going on, there's a couple of factors. One, this was like our second day, right, at Catacon, and that I started to get right. a little. That sounds I right. Starting, I was starting to get the con fatigue, 
right? We're starting to get a little <laughs> Maybe tired. Late afternoon, late afternoon yeah. on day two I, before dinner. I was, yeah, I was definitely getting hangry. I, you know, I you was, won't I was like hungry. him when he's hangry. <laughs> no, you would not. And uh, and I'm playing this god awful game that we're we're playing now. For the record, I'm winning this game. I want to throw this out there. He I'm was. winning this, this game. Is. He's always like, oh, this is a horrible game. I've never played this before in my life. And he's always like number one. Everyone's trying to catch up to him the whole time. So, so okay. That aside, I'm winning this game, but I'm not enjoying it, okay? I'm just like, I want to win this <laughs> game so I can get this time. over. I can get this over with. There's a dude to my right who sees that I am about to win, and he is doing everything he can to block me. And not to win himself, but to and block not to win you. himself. Yeah, exactly. He is so far out of the competition of winning, but he's just like, I'm just gonna block him. And at this point, we were like four hours in this game. Yeah, it mm. went you know? on and on. We we and were on. like way in this thing, and I'm like, it just needs to end. And none of us could roll the right dice that we needed to like get yeah. it done. So, so it just kept going on and on and on and on, and. So every time I'd go and I'd be like, okay, I can do this move and then that move on my turn, the dude would see that playing it next to me and he would just be like, nope, nope, and look at me like, ha, ha, ha. So on my one turn, I just picked up the dice and I threw it down, right? Remember? Like, I just chucked the dice. And I was like, oops, sorry. Like, I had to apologize because I, like, literally just chucked the dice because I was getting so enraged by this game. It's like when you slap your fist on the table and you're like, wait, I didn't mean it to be that loud. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to be all that loud. Sorry, guys. You know, and and I was like, I think I need to go get something to eat. And I just got up and I walked. And I think I got like a Snickers bar or something like that. It was literally out of a commercial. Right. It really you know? and, Really satisfied. <laughs> yeah, and I came back and I'm like, okay, we just need to finish this game. And then like I think in two rounds it was done. But man, I was not a happy camper. Two rounds, with that so game. two hours later. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh gosh, I think so. Yeah, it that game was a combination of just. Um, poor mechanics like you just didn't do much on your turn there's too much randomness when it was your turn that was hard to plan for um it was everything that like um uh twilight imperium was not oh yeah you know where Um, twilight imperium you're doing everything on your turn you're doing stuff on other people's turns. that's the key playing you're always playing in that game you're not playing when it's not your turn yeah. At all. And, mm-hmm. and and there's no planning. You can't plan at all. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and I, I mean, I think I would have just been frustrated in the moment. But the fact that there was the dude to my right, like, had you had Jason been to my right, he just would have been like, whatever, we're just going to finish yeah. this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But the I, dude to. I was yeah. sitting to your left. Yeah, that's and right. And I was really close to your and the energy you were throwing at that guy. And I was very aware of it, and um, I don't know if I helped or didn't. I can't remember, but I think we were all trying to push to just when everybody was like, "Should we just end the game?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we should just end the game." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Dan, you were helping. You were helping. Um, yeah, I I remember Dan. You were you were trying to help, and you know what's funny is like I, it's interesting that you picked up on my energy from that game because I normally don't put off an energy like that when I game. It was no, very weird. It was it was it was it was out of character for you. Yeah, sound like but I but but, this thing. but but cons will bring out uh, best and worst in everybody. 
Yeah, you know, I think there was kind of a perfect storm of fatigue, of hunger, and then just a really, really crappy game. And I would use stronger language if this was not a family podcast. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was. It's a family podcast. Okay. I was on the <laughs> other side of that guy, so it was it was me, him, that's right, you, Dan, and then the guy, uh, the guy's son, and then another guy. So there, were, I think there right. were, you know, we had we were playing with an expansion. So there are all these reasons why the game would take longer. I remember. Leaning over to the guy next to me, who we actually played another zombie side with later that uh, later at that con, he was a fun guy to play with. But I remember leaning over to him yeah. thinking, "This game's kind of going long, uh, isn't it?" And he goes, "I think I can pull this off." You <laughs> <laughs> would just see him staring at the board. I think I can pull this off. I'm like, oh, "Okay, dude." So you know, at that point, I'm just like, "It's my turn to roll the dice, or I put it on two cards, or and I'm done, whatever." <laughs> but yeah, it's like, oh, okay. And I'm just like, okay. I need to win this to end it. Yeah. I need to win this to end it. <laughs> it's like, you know, I was just hoping like first place got suicide, you know, like, hooray. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. that sounds horrible. Well, we feel for you. Yeah. We're, I, we, yeah. We've ordered that for you for Christmas. Yep. <laughs> yep. With That's the great. expansions. Yes. That's great. I don't even know. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. On Amazon, it's going for $75. That'd be the biggest waste of $75. That game is not even worth $15. No, no. We could totally... Oh. We could do that, or we could put $75 in is a metal trash really can and set it on fire. It is $75. Dude, or you can get new and used. It's dumb. I know. You can get used and new from $51.79. It's a board. With pictures. We want all of our listeners to play it because misery loves company. Yeah. <clears throat> He's only going to sell one each year, so you, you should put that seventy-five dollars towards like you know ten versions of Tenzies, and you'll have a lot more, a lot more fun. Did you say put it towards ten virgins? Ten virgins. Oh, virgins. Oh, yes. Have you ever played Tenzies? No. Tenzies is great. Uh, and that's I, a great, and that thing got game. weird real fast. Sorry. Great party game. We did that. We did Tenzies with some friends. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to play this game, and they're just like. So we just rolled dice, and I'm like, okay, you're rolling dice. So here we go. You know, and then show them the thing. Oh, man, they were, like, hooked. Oh, yeah. So. All right, anyway, so we're talking about bad experiences. All right. Yeah, bad games. Oh, bad games. Horrible games. All right. Uh, Jason, let's go with you next. Yeah, mine kind of is along the same lines of you. So I remember we were at Gen Con. I think it was 2018. I can't. That sounds about yes. That it was 2018 because okay. that was the first year I went to Nova, okay. and so it was just you, me, and John. That okay, year. yeah, yeah. And we went and we we signed up for this game that was like you know fantasy tabletop role playing game with augmented reality, and we're like, ooh, that sounds hey. fun. And we looked yeah. up the website. Remember, yeah. like before we signed up, and we're like, this looks, this looks cool. Amazing. It's you know high fantasy. It's like a dark post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, things are coming back got, to like, life so- when they die. Is like these evil incarnations. Got tabletop miniatures. Yeah. So we're like, this sounds cool. All right, let's do it. So we signed up. We go and sit down at this table, and the guys are like, you know, this game's still in development. So we're like, all right, sweet. Um, and then you know, um. You uh, so you bring your own minis, and so they open up like every every set we had, like you know, was like a, a totally different. Every person's warband was like a totally different set from a different game. <laughs> so you had like Reaper Bones in there. Yeah. You had GW minis. You had uh, Blood Bowl minis. Uh, old, like old metal frost old metal ones you had frost grave miniatures yeah. in there i mean it was like and within the same groups it's not like you could at least right. get like 10 of the same kind from gw to play with it was like within the same group yeah. like 
how do all of my pieces fit yeah, together? So, I don't. So you got some size problems going on. <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you that theme is actually really important in games. It really helps with immersion. And when you look at stuff like that, it kind of breaks the theme a little bit. It, so that was that was kind of like, oh, boy, thing one. And the other thing is find out what's the, okay, well, what's the augmented reality aspect of this game? Well, it's an app on your phone that, that uh, tells you what uh, the next story event is. And I'm like, that's oh. not augmented reality. You mean like, yeah. like flipping a that's note card? That's an app that's just helping you <laughs> there. Literally, yes. You didn't want to print out the cards? cards? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So there's basically a deck that's yeah. on the app instead. And it's like, yeah, it's augmented reality. I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm like, I can look past that stuff and just be like, okay, so the name was, you know, they, they're mislabeling some things, but let's just play the game and see how fun it is. And this is where it really went downhill. So... So the thing that oh. I hate... Wait, time out, time out, time okay. out. They also had their son explain the game to us. That might have been uh, also... Oh. There was a little bit he of He was like 12 years problem. old. He was like, okay, guys, so here's how you play it. We're like, wait, this doesn't make any right, sense. Right, because I remember he's like, so <laughs> then know? this happens. I'm like, okay, well, what happens if this happens? He goes, hey, uh, uh, hey Dad? Dad? <laughs> And I'm like, we did pay for this oh, no. event, right? I'm like, right. let's, uh, you know, this is this is not a Gen Con event right here, the the quality right. that we were at. Now, to be fair, yeah. you know, these guys, they, you know, sure. I'm like, at this point, I can still cut all slack as long as the game is fun. But this is where it, like, seriously broke down. There's a mechanic in this game which sounds cool but is destructive to the gameplay. And that is when, when a new, we'll say a round or a turn starts, everyone gets these little activation uh, chits that are a color associated with you. So like I'm blue, Justin's white, another guy's red. And you get a certain yeah. number of these chits and you put them together into a cup. And then to determine whose turn it is, as you go through the turn, as you pull chits out of the cup. So if you pull a, what I say, you we'll just say I said you were white. If you pull a white shit, yeah. then it's Justin's turn, and he and he goes and he does whatever he can do on his activation. And then you pull another chit. So let's say you pull another white shit. Okay, Justin goes again. So let's say you pull another <laughs> white shit. Kicks the crap out okay, of you. Okay, Justin goes again. Yeah. So here's yeah. the problem with that: there are things in the game that can remove chits of certain colors. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Oh, so no. here's what happened. So I played these rap people. And first of all, the game wasn't explained well. I, I was trying to cross a river, and they said, well, you have a raft. I'm like, okay, cool. So, all right, it takes one turn to inflate the raft. Okay. So uh, I didn't realize they had, you know, rubber rafts in this high fantasy <laughs> setting. But okay, so we blow up this raft. You know, take one ladder. turn. Pink ladder rafts. And then, and then I, I'm like, okay, so I wasted a turn. Okay, next turn. All right, I'm going to put everybody on the raft. Oh, you can only put one person on the raft at a time. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. So I can only put one person on the How long does it take for the raft to get to the other side of the river? A one turn. Okay, so then I've got to take my this one guy on the raft to the other side of the river. Yeah, and then he gets out, and then how's the raft going to get back to the other side? Oh, well, you just, you know, you're just not going to be able to do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're not <laughs> explaining this game. So, anyways, there's that. And then I, think, I don't think it was you, Justin. I think it was someone else. Someone else came up and hit one of my guys with a status effect that basically incapacitated him like, instantly like i had no ro no counter roll against it it incapacitated. Right. it just happened yeah, it just happened Ugh. okay and then something else happened that started pulling my activation tokens out of the cup and then <laughs> yeah. none of my activation tokens ever got drawn from the cup i uh. sat there on my phone and i looked at the time and i said we're gonna we're gonna time this i did not play 
that That's game right. for 45 minutes. Oh, I sat boy. at that table and did nothing for 45 minutes. And I'm oh, sitting, and it's no. kind of like your thing with the Alien Frontiers game. Any game where a player cannot be, can be disengaged completely and have no effect on gameplay for 45 minutes yeah. is yeah. broken in my mind. Uh, well, and it was so easy. I, I might have been the one that put that status effect you might on have, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably. You that's know? the love. That's yeah. the love. And he love. wasn't going to throw you under the bus and say that, but I'm glad you came no, clean. But I will, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're being honest yeah. here. Um, you know, because uh, I'm in it to win it. So I said, hey, this looks like a cool effect. And like, oh, that's really powerful. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. And I did it. And I'm like, now I kind of feel bad yeah. about it. Because <laughs> like, I saw bad, the huh? devastating effect. It was literally like throwing a, you know, uh, a little thermonuclear device over on his turn. Right. And it just completely obliterated it. And and then, well, it wasn't so. The status effect made you skip all of your turns. Well, what it did and is it then the next round. Out, I think. Yeah, and then the next round, something happened where they were taking activation chits out of your thing, yeah. and so you only got to move like two guys. And and you're like, this is the worst. Yeah, only got to move two guys, and then like just the fact that you know when it, determining your turn was just the luck of the draw for drawing out of this cup. If I only got three chits in that cup, and there's four other players, and they all got seven chits in there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a horrible mechanic. Like you cannot so let, make games zero in that, al- that enable the possibility that players won't be able to play. Let's zero in on why the game designer decided to put in that mechanic. They said going around in a circle, everybody does it and it's lame. We need to change the way turn order goes and be too yeah. creative. And so they came up with a thing that say nobody else is doing turn order out of a cup. We're creative. Aren't we smart and cool? And it it not it did not add to the game for it didn't add to the game it it, it undermined a positive game experience yeah. it took away agency from a player and it's like sometimes as a game designer and all of us can be game designers if especially if we're running a role playing game or something if you are if if you are planting seeds that are going to not reap the thing that you want to reap but undermine the engagement of a player just don't do it yeah. Yeah, and you know there are Well, and I don't think they ever thought about that. Honestly, like they it was like a foreign concept to them that Jason, well, it wasn't even a foreign concept. They're like, yeah, that's how what, what happens sometimes. Yeah, it's then that's what it was. Like, <laughs> you know? I kind of was like And they mm. were totally okay with it. They didn't see a problem that Jason who paid money to go to this demo right. um was sitting there on his phone for 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of, you know, proofs in the pudding. Uh but uh I, and there are so, so many I mean, the, other ways to affect turn order. You know, you can many games employ a, a buying a buying priority via in-game currency. You know, you can you could pay to yeah. pay for the priority order. There's so many different ways to right. change. It's just random, Robin. Yeah. So so yeah. I played uh, Star Wars Legions this last weekend. That didn't make my Geek Week cut, but they have an interesting thing where you get these command cards and there's little pips on them you know um like there's it, they go from one to four and the four cards do really great activations you know you can do a lot of things with them the one cards do very little but if you get a lower pit value you get to go first and so you both choose a card from your deck from your deck of your hand and then you flip it over and you compare so if i got a two and my partner got a three, then I would go first, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was interesting because you could control it. You could strategize 
what you're what this what this Witchborn game was doing is that you there's no strategy whatsoever. You know, I think they wanted to try to simulate sort of the ebb and flow of battle. Sometimes like one group can come in and just right. wreak havoc and then you know, it's a back and a forth and and you're just like no, it it just didn't it just didn't work. And and to be fair, um this was still the this stage was of the game. It was still in running in someone's basement. So the game's been out yeah. for, you know, several years now. I think they actually have it. They had an expansion last year that came on Kickstarter and got funded. So the game could play differently now, but we're just talking, you know, this was a really bad experience for me at Gen Con. And whenever you're at a gaming convention, you know, your time is precious because there's always yeah. that looming, oh, it's time to go home, you know? So you want to have fun with every moment that you got when you're there. If I remember right, too, this was Friday night. Um, It was like 7 o'clock. Right or like six o'clock was our was our time slot from six to eight. Right. It was Friday night, and those dudes were done for the day, mentally. Done. I think so. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They weren't like super engaged in trying to help us out. They had like two or three dudes who were over at another table playing. I think I think they were playing Witchborn, but they were playing it, and you had the guy and his kid that were sort of passively helping us as we were playing it. Yeah. And so I think that also contributed to the poor experiences. Like, you know, they were willing to explain everything, but they really didn't do a good job of like being engaged and be like, I want to teach you how to play this game and enjoy it as much as I love it. Right. So yeah. that was mine. Oh, that makes it rough. Makes it rough. Yeah. What about you, All right, Nate? Nate, what you got? Okay, what do I have? So mine is from several years ago. We'll go ahead and call it, I don't know. 15 years ago or something. Uh, I went to Strategicon in Southern California. It was in the Anaheim Convention Center. And it was one of the <laughs> few conventions that I'd ever been to. I was super excited because I just learned about conventions and wanted to go to game conventions. And I thought this will be, be the greatest thing. Uh, as I was looking at the list of games that one could play, uh, there was a, a tournament for a game called Awful Green Things from Outer Space. Uh, Awful Green Things from Outer Space was published in 1979 by Tom Wham, who has designed over 37 games. And even Awful Green Things is on Board Game Geeks. Uh, it's, it cracked the 2,000th highest rated game. I know, it doesn't sound like a 2,000th highest, but they have 100,000 games there. 2,000th highest game isn't too bad. So um, in the top 20%. That's right, that's right. And... Uh, and it was, you know... It, it, so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I enjoyed the game. I'd played it before with a friend of mine, and that friend of mine was coming with, you know, at the convention with me. And he goes, oh, look, awful green things. And I said, yeah, this would be great. Let's do the tournament. And we said, we'll probably get kicked out because we're not, like, good players at this. We've just played it a couple of times. And, uh, and the tournament came with a prize. It came with prize money. And Ooh. we were like, prize money? And let's do that. And it was like, yeah, prize money to the dealer's room. I was like, perfect. I get a coupon to the dealer's room. This will be great. Uh, we sat down and played, uh, me and my friend, and, you know, with all the rest of the people. And there were a fair number of people. There were lots of ladders in this particular tournament. And uh, my friend beat a couple and then lost and was out. But I kept beating people. And I don't know if I was just really good at the game or they just weren't any good, like my opponents. I was playing thinking, I have only played this, like outside of this tournament, I have played this three times. 
Like I should not be moving on. I should have been like knocked out in the first one or two and gone on with my con day. And so I'd started at 9 a.m. and it was now like three o'clock in the afternoon. We'd gone through lunch. I was still playing. I was down to the quarterfinals or something like that. And uh, the guy that I was playing also, I don't know, I don't like to throw around the word mouth breather a lot, but I really <laughs> didn't enjoy <laughs> playing with him. He wasn't any good. I'm like, how did you get this far? Like, how, what is going on in this particular tournament? And I realized I have wasted like six hours of my con day. Out of the three days oh. I'm going to be at the con, I'm playing this tournament that I thought I was going to be out after one or two. But I kept getting sucked in by the idea of they're going to give me 50 bucks to go buy. And I can buy a real game for 50 bucks. I can go do something like that if we can just get this over with. And uh, uh, so I beat that guy and we were uh, down to the, the finals. But the other guy, the other winner of the finals wasn't out of his wasn't out of his game yet. And so I said, well, can I come back in like 30 minutes or something like that? And they said, yeah, sure. I walked away, found other tons of cool games to play, played another like little card game somewhere, <laughs> you know, and then nice. came back in time to have this guy finish his round and, and for them to declare their winner so we could go on to the finals. And by that time, it was now four o'clock. I was so spent at working this game. I At this point, I didn't want to play it again. I would played it enough times. I was not enjoying it while I was playing it because the people I was playing against were not very good. And at that point, I said, is there a second place prize? And they said, yes, you can get something off our prize table. And I said, I concede. I said, I concede. I'm not playing the last version. Give him the 50 bucks. I'm going to go over to the prize table. I'm going to grab something, and I am out of here. And and that is... uh, what happened? And to this day, I will not play awful green things from outer space again. Mm. And <laughs> my buddy that was with me uh, occasionally taunts me with that. He's like, "Well, I don't know. What do I have here in the closet? I've got awful green things." And I'm like, "Shut <laughs> up! Pull out! I'd rather play tiddlywinks. Pull out one of the kid games. Anything. I'm not gonna play <laughs> <Hi-ho> Cheerio. <laughs> That's right. I'd rather play Hi Ho Cheerio than that game again." And it wasn't a bad game. It, I mean, the design was fine. The design of the game is good. It could be enjoyable. It was enjoyable to me for the first, uh, you know, six times I played it. But I was really tired of it by the end of that. And I was really tired of it sucking away a third of my convention uh, time. And so I mostly am really mad uh, about that. And to the top it all off, yeah. the cherry on this particular Sunday of crap was... Um, Uh, At that game, I walked over to the restroom to use the restroom, and for the first time and last time I've ever seen in my life, a grown man, full beard, full adult man, uh, peeing at the urinal with his pants around his ankles. (laughs) (laughs) So he had had dropped his trowel completely, bare bare butt, sitting out, peeing at the urinal. Both hands up on the wall? Uh, Was he holding uh, the wall? I don't remember where his hands hands were. Hands on the wall or hands on the hips? Actually, I think it was hips, now that I think about it. I think he had his hands on his hips, or like he was like holding his lower back or something and leaning. Listen, that's a confident pose right there. I'll tell you what. So what you're saying is is we really need to go to Strategic Con and SoCal when cons get going again. They're wild, wild folks. Uh, But yeah, and that was scarring. That one right there was scarring. I have 
I was already emotionally spent from the entire day. I was already disappointed. I was already mad. I was already all sorts of stuff. I didn't have any more energy left to keep myself happy. And then I saw the grown man being with his pants around his ankles. Why am I here? We are done. (laughs) We're like, I'm just going home now. This is all a failure. (laughs) And that was my worst gaming experience. Not the worst one I've created for other people. The worst one that happened to me. That's another story. We have that one in the back pocket. We're like, no, Nathan, this shouldn't be about how how a horrible player you are. Yes, it should be about how I, yes, how I was wronged. Not how I have wronged other people. That's true. Anyway, so that was mine. Very good. Very good. Dan, All right. you're finally up. I'm finally up. Okay, so um, we played in our own gaming group a little before Justin's time. We played the Star Trek RPG in the CODA system that was done by Decipher. Decipher, who did the uh, card games for Star Wars and card games for Star Trek. They had the license for a while, and they did a nice job on an RPG. It was a 2D6 system, and I was... and I. You know, uh, I ran the game for the group. We did four or five sessions and had a nice time, right? So they had this game going at Gen Con. And, you know, when you just randomly pick games with random people, sometimes things go amazing. And most of the time, things go well. It is the minority of times that things go horribly, horribly wrong. So this is my grand story, the, the grand tale, as it were. So we knew I knew something was up when we were in a room that had two tables with another group of gamers playing another RPG. And he wanted to start, the the GM wanted to start his session. He couldn't handle how distracting the other group was. And then they moved us us to another group, to another room with another group at another table (laughs) playing an RPG. So- I mean, it's hard to find a room that's solo there. Yeah, so, okay. And um, before he played, now I'll give this guy some credit. I'm going to throw him under the bus a lot tonight, but I'll give him some credit. He said sometimes <laughs> we, we will hang him and we he will, will hang, die. We, but we, until we, then, we will sing we, a praise. We or two will tar and feather this guy. He had some level of self awareness to say some people don't like the way I GM. I've GM before where I had two guys just fold their arms and stare at me silently for like two hours. And he said, if you have a problem with my GMing style, just tell me and let me know. And I'm like, well, okay, well, whatever. What what happened, you know? But um, so... Oh, you're about to find well, out. Well, so <laughs> he, uh, we, he had all these characters with very extensive backstories. And we came to find out that he'd only run this campaign once a year at Gen Con. And three of the other players at the table, so Nate was with me, and there were three, there was a couple and another guy... And they had played at least one or more years with this particular GM. And so they had a thing. And I, So they, this is essentially a con gaming group. They knew that which characters they wanted to play because they're the ones they played last year. They knew yep. they were coming to his game. They knew they were doing it. It was an in-group already of some people. Right. You guys were intruders. And we were the out-group of people who randomly signed up to sit in on their... Their, their, their adventure. Their adventure. Their adventure. So it was Star Trek. And so... What, was, it, all... was it like when you show up and, and you guys sit down and like, wait, where's Bob and Jill? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we were saving these characters for Bob and Jill, but I think there was. Here. I think he was looking around for one or two other players from previous yeah, years. I yeah, he was I, I think he, he was a bit of... This guy was terrible. Anyway, so all of the characters, all the characters are Star Trek except they're anime... Robotech looking Star Trek in uniforms that he's designed. 
they all have these intricate backstories that are four or five that are at least a full pair full page at like eight point text absolutely that we needed to know for no reason right they were all teenagers who were such geniuses they were put on the flagship of the best ship in the federation and they were all in love and dating each other they were all in the they're all somewhere between the ages of like 18 and 22 yeah the um the captain of hey this sounds like it should be right out of our green room exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> right no not enough not In enough romance and just yeah i thought i was playing star trek not uh some kind of anime uh sailor moon thing right? not, or so. yes or regulus 90210 i don't know this stuff i don't, I don't follow this stuff I, i've got other people who watch animes on the Dan's podcast all, who, can, who, stuff, can, who can correct me uh, right. i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna this time so and the way so I was gonna play the Klingon character, and then he started laying all this baggage on me of all the history that this character had done, and all the ways I should play this character. And I was like, I'll just play the engineer. This is you're giving me too much work to do, right? And so he had a. It's so like Nate was the security chief, but she was also 19 and boy crazy. Yeah, I was the 19 year old boy crazy security chief who had previously dated three of the other crew members in the command team or something like that. That sounds like a compromised security. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and so here was the weird thing. He hated the way I played my character because I played her like a cop. I like when people, like if something would happen, I was like, I'm checking the security logs. I'm doing this. I'm collecting evidence. I've got a scanner on that. And he's like, you don't play this anything like she's supposed to be played. And I'm like. You need to play it more like Jill played it last year. That's that's right. You need to play it like Jill. I'm like, no, I refuse. I'm the security chief. I've got to be security. (laughs) But he didn't like the way I did that because I was stepping outside of his like character Mm. description of who this was supposed to be. So we get the we, the game is going. We find out that the captain is is uh, a female captain, whatever, and that's played by the GM. And the first officer is also played by the GM. That is a perfectly adequate way to do Star Trek, where you take the captain's role away from a player, right? That works well if you're willing to let the players be the heroes of the story. In this case, the captain and the first officer were in love in a relationship, and they were the heroes of the story. Okay, now we know that that's a breach of protocol. Yeah. Yes, we, okay. we, we. You can't have mom and dad actually be mom and dad. Yes. Did he do the thing where he, like, you know, leans to the side of his chair to speak to the other guy, then turns around and leans to the other <laughs> yeah. side and, like, romantically flashes no, his No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal. He wanted everybody to always play in character over the table like a radio drama. Not like a role-playing game where like, what do I roll for this? And I would like to do this skill or I think I have this talent. You can't really. He hated GM talk. And he was a jerkwad about it because if you said, what do I roll? The captain says, what do you mean, what do you roll? You're supposed to do your job. I don't understand what you're you're saying. And I was like, oh, seriously? This we're doing it this way? And the other people would not only be in character, but they would also move their hands on imaginary panels. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't make this up. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, were always banging panels and being in character. And I play an RPG. I like to quip and make jokes, kind of like I do on the podcast. It didn't. I did that for a little while, and suddenly I was starting to get dark stares from the GM, and uh, and I was criticized for saying, well, "Why is your character not taking his job seriously?" or something like that. And it was just really, it was getting kind of lame. But it, I, w- I was willing to stick with it for a little while longer. 
Um, but it was definitely, we were in his dollhouse. Yeah. All these characters had deep backstories, and we he and he didn't want to roll the dice. I GM that game before. I knew the mechanics of the game. He didn't care about the mechanics. I didn't hardly roll a single die that entire time. Yeah. For oh, it anything. Was like all role play. It was yeah. all role play, it, and, and, and it was role play in his control. So I'm sorry, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt no, your no, thing, but I'm I want saying, you to interrupt. But, me, but when you, you have the you have this the, there, story there are two no, no, there are two witnesses here. Just, we have two witnesses to explain how bad this game session was. Well, you know, so you would do something like, yeah, okay, well, I have a, I'm going to use my, in my example, I'm going to use my uh, investigation skill to find, to look for clues or whatever. And then I'd pick up the dice, like, you know, I'm going to roll something. And then I would, you know, roll and be like, I got a seven. And he, it did not matter what you did. He was like, well, you know, the clues that you don't find or blah, blah, blah. It, it was just like whatever we said we were doing. He just sort of monologued over it, just sort of like narrated yeah. over what we were doing. And if we tried to say, well, I think we ought to do X, Y, Z. And if that wasn't in his plan, he would say, you can't do that. But you have the idea, and it would point to a different person. You have the idea to do A, B, and C. And nice. those people in that other side were like, yeah, that would be great. I love doing that. <laughs> and I was like, hold on, wait, what's going What's Rail going on here? On like, we just yeah. can't Yeah, win. I was going to say, this sounds like a telenovela. Telenovela. Oh, we didn't have the script. We yeah. didn't have, yeah. the, we script. Didn't have the script. So this gets worse. Um, <laughs> this gets way worse. Everything I've described is substantially bad. But if it didn't get worse than this, we probably, it would, probably we would have gone, well, that session sucked. So what happened was, is we're in this scenario, the, some alien ship has, like, killed the power on another Federation ves vessel. There's no we're power. We're investigating. And we're investigating, right? So we're, there's a, we don't know if the alien's good or bad or, or whatever. So we're, in, we're investigating. And I'm the engineer, right? And the same thing starts happening to our ship. And then a time traveler shows up wearing a cool leather jacket. There's, like, two time travelers running around who are clearly NPCs that the, that the GM is in love with, who are heroes in his mind. Because everything I did to try to stop them from breaking the ship or taking over engineering, he wouldn't let me do. Like totally oh on gosh. rails. Right. He would do stuff. Like, he, he would say, yeah, they appear in engineering and they're working on your controls. And Dan would say, okay, I lock out controls to the thing with my security passcodes to engineering. And he goes, no, you don't. He gets right, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you wait, don't. you don't? Right, right. So I, I had, so, and, and then at one point in time, uh, the, they had, there was word from the bridge to let the aliens de power down the ship. And I'm the engineer saying, Captain, would, we don't know if there's a hostile intent or not. We should probably, would if... What if this is bad? What if we don't know what happened to the other crew? They could all be dead. Yeah. And the same thing is happening to us. And the captain said, follow orders, idiot. Do it anyway. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we just went along with it. So we got out of the scenario that the other NPCs saved us from because the NPCs are the heroes and the captain's the hero. And so we park at a starbase. And this is where things go real south real fast. Mm -hmm. I get called to the captain and the first officer's ready room. And the GM oh, no. proceeds to berate me in front of everyone for cowardice and for oh. everything he could possibly think of. And he was getting to the point where I, you know, it was going on a long time. I, I was going to say that it was uncomfortably long, A. 
be uncomfortably specific and seemed out of place for a Star Trek adventure. Like at a certain point, we're going to stop and yell at people. Like, and that you never see that in Star Trek. And it, there were times in my mind where it verged away from in character, you know, how dare yeah. you defy my thing to GM telling the player, how dare you ruin my story and try to get in the way of my mm-hmm. story. And yeah. it really did go personal in the middle of that dressing down and i and i was looking back and forth like wait has he switched over to real life or is he still talking as the captain because i really felt you were that alone sort of in switch. that level of confusion yeah and yeah. what what a power trip oh. to say i'm gonna take on the mantle of captain and literally berate this person in real life through the guise yeah. of this character oh. that has authority over him <laughs> in this world yes Yes. And, you and, know. and so there was this moment. So I had decided that the other people who were at the table, even though they were players of this thing, they, they were nice people and I enjoyed their company and I didn't want to ruin their game. I had nothing, nothing in favor of this GM and I'm trying to react. So first of all, I don't like being s- stepped on. I can be a bit of a a street fighter knockdown drag out kind of guy when I want to be not physically, but verbally, you know, Mm -hmm. I can, I can get salty. I know myself well enough. Right. (laughs) I know myself. Dan, what? No, No. this is Dan, (laughs) not Dan from tabletop and beyond. We don't call him, we don't call him Dan the meek for nothing. Dan the meek. (laughs) So, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, uh, first of all, I, I don't like being pissed on by a pissant. First, you know, I know this guy is a total loser and a nerd, and I know that. And I work in the government, and I've worked in the damn White House, all right? So at this, so I'm trying to not let my anger at him, number one, create a situation where Gen Con officials have to come intercede. I didn't want to ruin the game for the nice people who were there. And I said, this isn't any fun anymore. I've got taken vacation days to be berated by this lower form of life. (laughs) And Nathan is sitting exactly to my left as he was in the game. And I did not check with Nathan, but I said, (laughs) I said, my character resigns his commission and I picked up my backpack and I said, this game isn't fun anymore. I hope you guys have a great afternoon. I walk, I just walk Mm -hmm. out the door and he says, no, you, you can't do that. And that moment he changed. He was like, Oh, he, then he dropped his captain character. He's like, what, what, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's the matter? And I'm just like, this game's not fun. I'm not having fun. Goodbye. Boom. And that stopped me from making that bad situation that this guy created worse. Because any yeah. other choice that I had, anything I was going to say to him, anything I was going to do, would have exacerbated a bad situation. Like a table flip. Just doing <laughs> something stupid, acting out, escalating. I did not want to, I wanted to de-escalate and I knew mm-hmm. my temper, I knew my temper well enough to know yeah. that it was, it was going to, it, 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 uh, they would not have been able to continue the session and had fun if I did something aggro. I mean, the the other the flip side to that coin is that you take the berating. You're like, okay, I I follow orders. The next two hours, yes, you're going to be sitting yeah. there sulking, right, and fuming, right. You know, and it's just not going to be fun. Everybody's going to feel that energy. Or you can go sitting there, 
Yeah. yeah. Or you, can, <laughs> go or you could sit there yeah. and stare at him with your arms folded for two hours like the other Like the other guys did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Like the other Which guys did. We had been warned. Bob and Jill didn't come back. Yeah. Yes. I wonder right. why they, they were, we had so much fun at the last, uh, yeah, not. Yeah. So uh, I did could have ended che- up in a dumpster somewhere. Huh? You know, yeah. <laughs> I did Ruined not check. Game. <laughs> I did not check with my brother on what to do next. I didn't say, hey, man, we're out of here. Come yeah. on and nope. say this, this game is toast. I was too mad to do that. I was just too mad. And I know myself. I was just too mad. I, w- I had to remove myself from, so, from Nate, the room. So, tell me what happened. Did you stay the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. No, I did stay, uh, but I didn't stay the whole time. So, after he left, uh, there was a, a long silence, which was weird for this this games master who, you know. <laughs> I'm just picturing you sitting there, with, like, with your arms, <laughs> your hands folded. I just... I'm just there, my hands folded, I'm fiddling, I'm, yeah. you know, it's sketching on It's doing those weird my... stairs where you're not directly looking at anyone. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I actually I actually picture Nate, like, pulling up the uh, the imagination keyboard and just typing <laughs> this if he can't hear anything. He's blogging. <laughs> I'm just hit, I'm, I'm working the console, like all the other yeah, Star Trek people one lets are. you know the sensors are reading normal. That's right. <laughs> Putting my eye down into the little Spock thing. The Spock yes. thing. Everybody's got a Spock thing they're looking into. The little blue light on his eye. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, so I'm sitting there, and it's uh, it's quiet for a little while. And then he goes, is he gone? And I said, yes. <laughs> Just like that. Yes, of course he is. Like, what <laughs> Like what do you think? Yeah. He's like, is he coming back? And I said, it didn't sound like it. I think no. <laughs> it's like, you think he's mad? I said, oh, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, I mean, I didn't want him to be mad. And I thought to myself, well, then maybe I shouldn't have like yelled at him and got personal about it. For like it, five you know, minutes. For five <laughs> minutes of, for some incredibly long time. It seemed like long. It went to um, and, uh, and I was there and he goes, uh, are you also going <laughs> and i and at that moment i was thinking to myself well dan didn't tell me to go uh, and i don't have anywhere to be for three or four hours till our next game so i don't see why i couldn't just stick around and play a little bit more uh but i am loyal to my brother and he left and i wanted to spend time with him but i don't have anywhere else to be for three or four hours <laughs> And so I said, tell you what, I will stay for a little bit and we'll see how this goes. And so uh, after that moment, they started the next chapter. And the next chapter was at the Starbase. Because, you know, we're hanging out at the Starbase. They were hanging out at the Starbase and you're challenged by another crew to play Parisi Squares. And sports, sports role playing game. Right. That's a Star Trek sports game. And I, yeah. the Star Trek lover, I've seen so much of it. I literally could not, and to this day, I cannot tell you what Parisi Squares is. I it was in one episode for five minutes or something, so I have no well, idea. Was that like on a holodeck? Next gener- yeah, yeah. It was, next generation. Like, was it Tasha Yar playing it? Uh, I have no idea. I I blocked it out. I have no idea what Parisi Squares is. I did know it had to do with jumping around on blocks and uh, uh yeah. maybe throwing a ball of some kind i don't remember yeah. exactly what it was and i'm sure people are now furiously googling or yeah. even I, I wor- even worse people saying i can't believe I he can't says believe he's he a doesn't. star trek fan and doesn't know the rules to parisi squares it's a rat oh ho, ho, ho. 
So it is a rather vigorous and rather violent athletic game played by people from many worlds and ages during the 24th century. And the picture is with Tasha Yar and Worf playing. I right. do remember this okay. game. There we go. It was a Tasha Yar season. Tasha we Yar walked season. it yes. all out. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, and, and so we ended up playing this game like without dice. You know, just telling like what we do. Like I, I jump with my left foot off the square and spin around and land and smack the other guy in the head or whatever it was that we ended up doing. And so he just adjudicated it that way without rolling anything, without doing anything. And then when the game, when the Parisi Squares game was over, uh, he was he was like, "All right, so now on to the next chapter." And I said, "I am done here." So I really appreciate this. Goodbye. And then just picked up and left. I didn't give any other explanation beyond that I was done. And so, I don't know. I was probably there another 20 minutes, 20 or 30 minutes or something like that. It couldn't have been that long. Um, but it was that was his interlude in between chapters of his uh, Mary Sue story about the wonderful captain who s- saved all of his crew from their, hmm. uh, from their romantic entanglements and problems <laughs> that they get into. Um, so, so uh, th- there's yeah. there's no follow up to this. At one point in time, I was l- trying to find his. I was gonna go figure out who he was as a GM and like go book all the seats for his next game. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And make sure no one showed <laughs> up. Make sure no one show up just to torture. But then I'm like, I actually don't care, and I don't think I went to Gen Con the, the year after that. But yeah, there's a lot of things that we can dissect that maybe I did wrong, that maybe he did wrong. I mean, surely. Joking around was not the vibe of that group. They wanted to have a teleplay, and you need to understand your role-playing game well enough to explain that to players before they play, and you need to tell them that their character sheets are meaningless. Because the whole point of a game (laughs) is the construct of a game and not a make-believe dollhouse. And so I am extra sensitive to when I'm being dollhoused now in an RPG if I'm in an if I'm with a GM who's like your job is to be the mommy, my job is to this, your it's like no, that's not a game. The game is there's a possibility of 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 random success or random failure based on the construct of the game, and they he violated that social contract very 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 poorly. Um, and also he had an inability to talk to me during the break to say hey maybe you should. Hey, the way I want to run this game is like this, and we could have got on the same yeah. same label. I think if he'd come over to talk to you right after, where you probably would have hit him. So no, no, no. Not... <laughs> there was a break. There oh, was the there break, was break, and he went okay. off with the other guy who was by himself, and he gave the other guy all sorts of extra information about what was going on in the oh, game uh, during the break. Because because I mean, GMs can. I don't know. Why. I remember the guy. It's just it was all his show and his story, and we were just there to be a different voice rather than just the voices in his head because uh, there was one time so my character was the security chief and so these aliens or you know these people were appearing around the ship and you know taking over sections and i literally said you know i take the two guys that are standing by the door because there are always two you know security guys standing by the door and i said we head down to the deck whatever where they've appeared and his fiat was, uh, you're surrounded by force fields now in the hallway and you can't go anywhere. Oh. And I was like, okay, so can I call and have those, you know, and use my security codes to drop? It, it doesn't work. 
I said, all right, so I call the security people that are on that deck and tell them that there's a problem. And so I'm not going to take care of it. They're going to take care of it. You can't get a hold of them. And I was like, all right, we're, I, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> why are I we here? I really yeah. don't know why you've got other players with this. Like, I don't understand what I'm contributing to this. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was as bad as Dan says it was and as unfun as he says it was. Uh, the difference was because I wasn't personally attacked uh, by the dude. It was a lot. It was a lot yeah. easier for me to just put up with and hate, rather than put up with and and leave. And, yeah, I remember Dan. We I, I we were playing some sort of board game, and you came walking up because you'd found us in the big hall, you know, where like all the board games are. And I'm like, hey, dude, aren't you supposed to be playing? You're like, I'm done. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And, oh. then, and then we're like, wait, isn't Nate with you? And then Nate showed up like 30 minutes later. We were like, yeah. 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 What happened? Yeah. N- Nate. And then Nate's like, yeah, Dan rage quit. We're like, wait, what? Hold on. I got to play this game. Yeah. Nate and I had to have a long walk together about what it means to abandon a brother in a bad game. We had to really get on the right wavelength. And I'm like, I was trying. That was my self-control moment, not my brotherly love moment, you know. So long story short, moral of the story is, is know yourself. Uh, you know, it, it, guess what? Con games are random. They have random people, and they might be the worst thing that ever happened in your gaming life. Or they, uh, we've this group on the phone call has played games with guys, and that the GM afterwards is like, "What are you guys doing later? Can I hang out with you?" I mean, that that has yeah. literally happened to us, and that's the opposite of this um, situation. So. Yeah. They're not all bad, but they can be bad, and um, I could have handled it better, but I'm glad I didn't handle it worse. I mean, the fact of the matter is is that if you're going to cons and you're playing a lot of games, I mean, and, and in just in general, if you're playing a lot of games in general, not everyone's going to be a good game. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to have bad games yeah. sometimes. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's just you're not in the right mindset for the game. Hey, listen, I, I, ha- I didn't like playing... Um, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, because that and, can be you know, annoying. And I think the... part of it yeah. was is that I was super tired. I was just not into the not into it right then, and I just didn't I didn't really want to be playing that game. And that was me. That wasn't the game really. Everybody else was having a great time with it. I I it was not me. You're just at you the know? end. Of, you're so, just it, yeah. The, the contrivance of playing a game was not play for fun. It was play for social, whatever, you know? And, right. and, and guess what? These situations can happen in role-playing games. They happen way more frequent in competitive war games. People really have to control themselves oh, and yeah. learn how to be cool and learn how to be a good sport. Sportsmanship doesn't always come into RPGs, but it can, especially when you yeah. have a, a group of friends where you've been getting on each other's nerves for years on end. You really have to know each You know the buttons to push. You know the yeah. buttons to push. You know, and every, if there's everybody walking on broken glass around one player for one reason, that happens all the time. So the, guess what? Yeah, it, it's an art form, and not yeah. every art form comes out to be perfectly beautiful every time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to throw the canvas in the trash and say, that was trash. We screwed up. Next, the next one will be great. Mm-hmm. So, I'm. I hate internet hate. I hate negativity on the internet. Internet hate, 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 hate. This is not one of those things. This is just. I hope some of our listeners can learn from this, whether it's in competitive gaming, or in RPG. Know yourself. Or what games to avoid. What games to avoid. <laughs> know, know your tr- alien frontiers. Exactly. Frontier. There's a theme throughout <laughs> this. It, through all four of our stories, is as soon as the players' hands are tied behind their back, fun goes away. Yeah. Absolutely. Very true. 
All right. Very true. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, regaling us with your tales of woe and sorrow and anguish. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have to have a 2.0, which is our second worst game. Who knows? Uh, Nate, thank you so much for joining yeah, us on this podcast. Oh, I, this was my absolute pleasure. This was this has brought meaning to my life for this <laughs> well, last see, little there, bit. There it and is. this has been one of my life's goals since your podcast started was to get on it. And <laughs> every list. time every time I list, I uh, listen, I swear, I promise, I wish I could just call in and say and have the number and say, oh, you get you know, but I know it's not life. I'm not as dumb as that but i just it makes me feel like it and it makes me feel like oh this is such a great conversation i want to be a part of it and so i am sincerely grateful to all of you for letting me actually be a part of it this time so i i appreciate it thank you well uh don't be a stranger we'll have to have you back again some other time oh, okay yeah every time and every yeah. time. and you don't have <laughs> wait did you say you wanted me back every time because this, uh, this is nate a uh, long time listener first time caller Color. That's right. <laughs> and it'll soon be i'll be the fourth chair you can just start calling fourth me the fourth chair. chair and i'll be here like the, every time it'll the be deep great. dark secret is is that now you have a you have a substitute for me in a moment's notice they're like well yeah right if dan exactly. can't do it ask nate he will drop what he's doing and, yeah. and do the show with us that's right and for the record uh we had some people on this uh system that we use from the bay area oh nice and the ping was pretty low like it oh, worked out really well very good. so yeah. i'm yeah so we? i hope to be so. able to do that but again thank you very much and uh yes and i will uh i'll mute out here so that you guys can finish up your finish up the <laughs> cast well, we appreciate it. Uh, we are going to wrap up for tonight, but we do re- want to remind our listeners that we have one week to go. Hopefully, we'll get this episode out before uh, you know the contest is over. But please, please, please get onto our Facebook page, like the like the uh, contest event, uh, tag a friend in it, leave a comment, share it. We want to make sure that we kind of get the word out, and we want to get a Cortex RPG game book in your hands. And it comes with a digital code. You'll have a PDF copy as well. I have the Ooh, box. So I have the box. I'm looking at the box over in the corner, and I've got the book. I just need a – and shipping is on me. I just need a place to send it. This is going to be great. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great night. See you. Bye. <laughs>